So turn in your Bible to Psalm chapter 7. If you have the ESV Pew Bible, it's 571 in Psalm chapter 7. And I want to uh, just read together, if you don't mind standing up again for just a second. Just read together verse 17 of Psalm chapter 7, and then we'll have a word of prayer. He says, I will give to the Lord the thanks due His righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. I will give thanks, or I will give to the Lord the thanks due His righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. God, we come humbly before You during this time. As we open our Bibles, we also pray that You help us to open our hearts and to open our minds God, to open the very depths of our souls to receive your truth. God, we live in a world that is so filled with lies, so filled with cleverly disguised lies. God, so filled with wolves in sheep's clothing. God, that we need your truth. We need, we don't just want it today, but we need desperately, God, we need your truth in every area of our life, in our government. God, we need your truth uh, in our families, in our schools, in every facet of this world. We need your truth. And so we open this in honor of you, God, thanking you that we can come to your word and find truth and find hope and find eternal life in Jesus Christ. And so we ask you, God, to be a lamp unto our feet this morning, to be a light for our path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated, but keep your Bible open. I want to talk to you today about the cure for undressed criticism. And I encourage you to, if you're following along in the sermon notes, we'll have the highlighted words, will be uh, the words you fill in the blanks. And we're going to go through Psalm chapter 7. Uh, and I encourage you to keep it open and, and read it and reread it. Um, uh, a lot of times, if you don't keep your mind busy, you're going to be thinking about something else pretty quick. <laughs> so, so we've got to stay diligent uh, to help to help us. I know I'm the same way. Uh, and so we encourage you to think about that. The minute you stand up for something, you're going to start to receive criticism. I remember some show about World War II, I think it was, and the soldier wanted to he didn't want to fight anymore. He was sick of it. And so he, uh, he was in a, in a foxhole and, uh, and he, he decided that he wanted out. So he got a lighter and he lifted his hand up above the trench and somebody shot a hole in his hand because he, you know, he, he, he stood up or he put his hand up enough and that was his way of getting out of the war that he, you know, he was injured now. So uh, he could go home with a with a purple heart or whatever, and um, and so the minute you shine your light, in some way the enemy's going to shoot and the enemy's going to start firing at you, and so something anyone's going to deal with at times is criticism, um, and uh, and especially unjust criticism, and that's a theme throughout Psalms as you see the psalmist enduring criticism, and a lot of it was unjust criticism. And, uh, and how do we handle that? It's, uh, it's one thing to handle constructive criticism. Uh, 
Uh, hopefully that's how we criticize when we do need to criticize somebody or talk to somebody about something that's hard, that we do it in a compassionate way, in a Christ-centered way, you know, with a heart to build them up. If your heart is ever to tear somebody down, you can know that you're unjustly criticizing somebody uh, because who are we uh, to sit there and tear people down when God's called us and sent His Son so that we might build each other up? Um, And so first of all, if you're dealing with that, and if I can say, if you're a Christian and you begin to stand for truth and you begin to shine your light, it's just like that soldier sticking his hand up, he got shot, and the enemy's going to start firing at you. Uh, And so you have to begin to have the armor of God on you, like Ephesians 6 says, uh, and you've got to be ready for that. And so first of all, our, our first point today is simple, but go to God. Go to God spiritually dial 911. Uh, they developed the 911 system because it's easy for us to remember. And when you're in trouble and you have an emergency, you need to know what to dial. And so is your first response God? When you're in a crisis, when bullets start flying, when things start happening, um, is it, you know, are you, do you even think, I need to go to the Lord with this? And sometimes that can also be our problem, is that we wait until uh, the, the, the bullets have hit us or the wreck has happened before we go to God instead of starting with God, instead of going to God in the beginning. I think about a popular song that many of you probably know uh, called Jesus Take the Wheel. How many of y'all heard Jesus Take the Wheel? All right. We have a few people willing to admit that they sing it. They're already singing that in their head. Uh, And so think about that song for a minute. Uh, The lyrics are, she was driving last Friday on her way to Cincinnati on a snow white Christmas Eve. So uh, she was going to go see her mama and her daddy with a baby in the back seat. And there was only 50 miles to go and she was running low on faith and gasoline. And it had been a long, hard year. She had a lot on her mind and she didn't pay attention. She was going too fast. And before she knew it, she was spinning on a thin black sheet of glass. Uh, She saw both their lives flash before her eyes. She didn't even have time to cry. She was scared and she threw her her hands up in the air and said, Jesus, take the wheel. Take it from my hands because I can't do this on my own. I'm letting go. So give me one more chance and and, and, uh, and save me from this road I'm on. And so that's the idea a lot of times is, well, we don't need God till we're in jail or we're at the bottom of the pit and then we talk to God instead of starting with God. We get in cars all the time and we go 80 miles an hour and, uh, and do we pray before we get in those cars? Uh, and, uh, you know, or do we wait until it's almost too late, until the wreck's already happened or... Uh, So, you know, when we're dealing with anything in life, but especially if you'll start with God, if you'll go to God, if you'll trust in God, if you'll put all your hope in God and and continually talk to Him. And then when you do have bullets flying and when things are going on, then you continue to go to Him and you spiritually dial 911. Uh, Don't just be what in in our jail ministry, the, the other prisoners call them jailhouse Christians. 
They're only Christians when they're in jail. Other than that, they don't care anything about God or go to God at all or they're not dialing God's number any other time until they're in trouble. Don't do that. We need to start with God. If I'm finding my confidence and my hope in God, then I'm going to be okay. That doesn't mean I'm going to like the criticism, but I'm going to be okay um, when I am criticized. I'm not going to do something outrageous against somebody because of that. Because ultimately, I care more about what God thinks than I do what anyone else thinks. Uh, So go to God. I know that sounds simple, but go to God. Make sure that you're going to Him now and not waiting until the bullets are flying. And then secondly, let God search your heart. Invite God to conduct a thorough investigation. Do you ever uh, see, uh, you, know, you, know, you know, maybe you have policemen in your life or your family or law enforcement, um, and they've got to get a warrant to search the, the residence or to search the vehicle. And people can, if they don't have a warrant, people can say, no, you cannot search my house or you cannot search my, uh, my vehicle. And, uh, and so that's a lot of times where people are at. They're unwilling to let God search their heart. And they're unwilling to let God conduct a thorough investigation because they've got stuff hidden that they don't want anybody else to know about. And they're not ready to let go of and they don't want God messing with it or anybody touching it. And so that's what the psalmist does. He starts out and he says, Oh Lord, my God. He goes to God. In you I take refuge. Save me from all my pursuers and deliver me lest they like a lion tear my soul apart, render, rending it in pieces with none to deliver. So imagine that soul being torn apart by the lion. He says, O oh Lord my God, if I have done this, if there is wrong in my hands, if I have repaid my friends with evil or plundered my enemy without cause, Let the enemy pursue my soul and overtake it and let him trample my life to the ground and lay my glory in the dust. And lay my glory in the dust. So he is saying, God, if if, first of all, start with my heart, start with my life. If there's any truth to what they're saying, you know, show me that or, or deal with me in a just and a righteous way. Deal with me. Punish me. But he knows that in this instance, the wrong is not with him. He is being unjustly criticized and uh, and unjustly treated. So he's asking God to search his heart. And I read that one time. You know, it doesn't matter. You can't do anything about what people are going to say about you, except that you can make sure it's not true. You can make sure that in your life it's not true. Uh, that you're allowing God to change and transform and move through your life. Let God search your heart. Are you at that place? Or are you kind of that person that says, not unless you have a warrant, you're not going to search my life. Don't do that. Uh, don't do that. Let God search your heart. And then we see the third point is radio for air support. Sometimes even as a Christian, when, a, when troops get pinned down, and they can't advance, 
they, they need help from the air, right? They need somebody that can see where the enemy exactly is and send some bombs uh, to bring them the help they need. And, uh, and we need that as well. He calls out to God in verse 6, Arise, O Lord, in your anger. And again, God's anger is a righteous anger. Lift yourself up against the fury of my enemies. Awake for me. You have appointed a judgment. Let the assembly of the peoples be gathered about you. Over it return on high. And so he is calling out for that air support. He says, Lord, the Lord judges the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to the integrity that is in me. Oh, let the evil of the wicked come to an end, and may you establish the righteous, you who test the minds and hearts. Oh, righteous God, my shield is with God, who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation in every way. God is a righteous judge. So he cries out to God for the help that he needs. And a lot of times we may not know where the enemy's firing at us from. We may know the people that he's using to criticize us, but we don't really see. We remember as believers, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And so it's so important that we remember that. And that no matter what situation we're in or who's saying what about us or what kind of attack we're under, we need God's vantage point. We need air support. We need Him to help us to see. Because if we start firing back a lot of times, we're going to... We're going to cause a friendly fire. We're going to shoot the wrong people. We're going to uh, do the wrong things and, and, and have a lot, more, you know, a lot worse outcome because we're not trusting in God and we're not looking up to say, God, you be the judge. You do what's right. You take care of this because I can't see and I don't know clearly what is going on. So radio for that air support. And then we see the psalmist trust that vengeance belongs to God. God is a righteous judge, he says, and a God who feels indignation every way. Trust that vengeance belongs to God. The enemies of God and his people will be dealt with justly. That's such an important thing to remember because we want to lash out and we want to take matters into our own hands. And we often think God is too slow or sometimes in, in, in the Bible they thought God was too merciful. Jonah didn't even want to go to the Ninevites because he hated them and he wanted to see God destroy them, not bring revival and save them. And that's often our heart. We have a Jonah-like heart. We don't want our enemies to be saved. We want them to be destroyed. But we've got to trust God for that. We've got to trust God for that because we were once God's enemy. We once deserved God's wrath against our sin. And God in Christ saves us by His mercy and grace. So who are we to call out for God to destroy people when we can't see the big picture 
And so we ought to pray for God's justice and His righteousness and for His vengeance against His enemies. And trust in Him. Trust that vengeance belongs to Him. And then our last point today, give the Lord the thanks due His righteousness. Sing praise to the name of the Lord. In the midst of criticism, unjust criticism, in the midst of attacks that you feel like, why is this happening to me? What, what is going on? Continue to give thanks to the Lord. We see that in this psalmist. He is turning to the Lord. There is someone that is, that is criticizing him, that is saying bad things about him. And they most likely think it was one of, one of Saul's children. And he's continuing to thank God in the midst of that. Give thanks to the Lord. Or give to the Lord the thanks due His righteousness. Well, if you begin to think about the righteousness of God and the goodness of God, we ought to be able to continue on and on praising Him and thanking Him for who He is. For His goodness and His righteousness. So I want to challenge you today. Is the Lord your refuge? I guess our greatest example of a refuge today is a storm shelter, I guess, maybe. Where we run to uh, when, when the tornado is about to hit the house. But we don't want to treat God like a storm shelter. We want, to, we want, to, we want Him to be our home. And uh, the place we always are. He is our shelter uh, he is within us, and no matter what's going on, He is who we are in, and we trust in, and we hope in. And so in this world that we live in, in the criticism, in the chaos, we don't know next week what's going to happen with the election, and uh, what kind of chaos might take place, and what kind of changes might take place, and we need to be the Lord must be our refuge in these times. When you watch and hear all those political ads, that's all you're hearing is criticism and criticism and criticism. It's mudslinging and it's hard to know unless you're willing to really do the research who's telling the truth and who's, what's really going on. Uh, and, uh, and so we can always go to the Lord and know there's truth in Him. That there's hope in Him that we can trust in Him and that He can protect us from any type of criticism. And when people say, you're, you know, you're a sorry so-and-so or you're this or you're that, you can go, yes, even worse than that. If you really knew what God knew about me, you wouldn't even talk to me. But in Christ, I am a new creation. And the old is gone and the new has come. And so we can handle any criticism when our identity is truly in Christ. Jesus Christ is our refuge. We hide ourselves in Him. And as God looks upon us, He doesn't see our sin. He doesn't see our rebellion. He doesn't see all the darkness in our lives. Or even how people sinned against us. He doesn't see the damage that people might have done that we feel or we continue to feel like we're scarred 
or we're uh, no good or whatever, but in Christ, God sees His goodness and His love. And, uh, and He covers all of our sin, past, present, and future. That's what it means to have a refuge. That no matter what someone says, or what happens, or what kind of chaos ensues, we can go to God. And no, when you dial 911, has anyone ever dialed 911 and there was a busy signal? Or no, hopefully not. Or nobody answered. Supposedly, if everything's working right, always somebody answers right away. And that's God. God's even better than 911 because He's always going to answer. God is always there. Go to God. Let God search your heart. Start with you. Start with you. And then remember to radio for air support. Trust that vengeance belongs to God. And no matter what, continue to give thanks. We're entering into the Thanksgiving season. Give thanks to God for what He is worth, for the the righteousness that is due His name. The psalmist says, Oh Lord, my God, in You do I take refuge. Save me. If I had done this, Oh, Lord, my God, if I had done this, he searches his own heart and he says, Arise, O Lord, my shield is with God. God is a righteous judge. If a person does not repent, he says, God will wet his sword. Repent and turn to God. He says, I will give to the Lord the thanks that is due his name. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for Your Word and I thank You, God, for being a refuge. God, we know something that Satan continually uses is words to attack us. Sometimes those words are the words of a friend or a family member or even strangers or someone we don't know. The Satan can come against us. And we know that today... Your word is criticized unjustly. Your son is criticized unjustly. Your church, your people are under great criticism from the enemy. And God, we ask you in this time to arise and to do whatever it takes to bring this country and to bring our hearts and our minds and our souls back to you, God. We do pray together against the enemy, against the spiritual forces of darkness in the heavenly places that are inspiring and conspiring against your people. And God, we pray for you to bring revival, to bring grace and mercy upon this land and upon our people and to give us the victory, God, that we need to see lives continue to change and to see hope continue to thrive in this country and in our families and in this world. So God, move and help us to give You praise and to thank You and to find our refuge and our hope in You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we go into a time of invitation now,